I'm still down to play the Morocco. What the fuck? Oh, shit. Did you hear that? that cool. Yeah. They're already onto us. I said Morocco. <laughs> Chinese Moroccos. Yeah. Dude, how you been, man? I've just been chilling. Yeah. Been stressed at work. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I have to... Um, I've been putting off an, uh, a sit-down at work. Oh, yeah? About, about your pending cancellation or what happened? Oh, uh, yeah, to get to that point, actually. <laughs> no shit, really? Yeah. Damn it. Uh, it's, um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, fuck, I don't even know where to start or how to describe it or in, in, any of that. But basically what it is, it's uh, Dwayne. I don't know if you remember Dwayne. Dwayne. The old man, he was kind of the alcoholic. Oh, yeah. He, um, I don't know, for whatever fucking reason, I keep, like, walking into the room or the office or up to the vehicle they're working on, and he's on speakerphone talking to another employee, talking trash about me. And uh, so it's always, like, I just kind of just sit there for a second, and then so we'll just say, it's always uh, about a job that I went and looked at or could have diagnosed or fixed or whatnot. So Dwayne's always like, oh, yeah, well, James went over there and he just fucked off all day. And I bet you he didn't even lay a hand on that machine. So you're going to have to call him and ask him what, you know, what he has to say about it. And I'm like, hey, Richard, you don't need to call nobody. I'm right here. Yeah. I already went there and took uh, took care of that. It's done. Yeah. And then he'd be like, oh, okay. And then... It's just like you always catch him in some shit like that. Well, the other day I walked into the office and uh, he was accusing me of pawning the job off or something. And what what it is is Richard had to go back out there to go do the PM on the unit. So I said, hey, do you just want to do the water pump while you're out there? And he goes, no, no, no I don't want to take away from your work. I said, okay. Well, the other richer manager had overheard that the prior day. So when then Dwayne was in the office the next day, uh, talking some shit about something. I walked in and I said, well, Dwayne, I go, that's obviously a lie because that never happened. So I'm just going to call you out on that lie right there to your face. Yeah. And uh, like I said, we were in the office. and was starting to get heated and we were starting to yell at each other. And the other manager heard it. Yeah. Uh, Mikey, the truck driver, heard it, broke it up. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't cool. That guy's a shit talker, though. He is, man. Yeah, but, you know, I, I kind of blocked it. And I yeah. Kind of, yeah, you called it out. Yeah. So. Yeah, it was kind of funny, but at the same time, it was a heated situation, which is never good. Yeah, for sure. Mm, yes, now we have to have a sit-down. A sit-down. <sighs> you know you know what that guy needs? He needs he needs the $150 Matco hairdryer. It's bright pink. Has the Matco eagle on it. Uh, Maybe that'll it'll calm his ass down. That's funny. Probably use it to cool off his hemorrhoids. <laughs> the fucking hair dryer. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, some weird ad that uh, comes on my, uh, we'll say my social media feed, uh-huh. and it's always like, "You should do this ancient Chinese remedy to lose weight," and it's has this like this weird art on it, and it's always showing this like person either like uh putting a cucumber up their ass uh or hair dryer blowing a hair dryer on your genitalia oh, yeah it has the little the weirdest drawings like from uh fucking 
like how 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 cast or some shit. <laughs> it's like a weird like medical drawing or like yeah. Uh, uh-huh. And I'm like, how many people that like are doing this? Dude. I don't even need to watch this how to video, but or my favorite one is like like <laughs> they have like okay like hair loss stop your hair loss tonight and it has a picture of like a peanut on fire and then <laughs> and then you'll see you'll see the same peanut on fire for for another ad like uh how to empty your bowels in one night they, they, keep, they keep recycling the peanut on fire what is the little uh, car, uh cartouche uh doing with the pe- burnt peanut is it like inhaling it or like showing to like put it up your nostril or something? Oh, dude, you, no, it's just a peanut on fire. It's like a peanut on a stick and it's fucking on fire. <laughs> it's like this That's makes true. no sense at all. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I was I was listening to uh to Joe Rogan just for well throughout the day as I could. Um, I'm almost finished the James Fox interview. You heard that one? No, no, I haven't. It's the it's the UFO dude. Uh, he made I think, what was it called, the phenomenon, that that documentary. If you've seen that one. No, no, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, it was just some UFO shit. But it, I don't know, man. It's pretty cool. I I still am really into the into the UFO. Uh, news the UFO world. What about the the Tic Tac? What you thought on that? Tic Tac is just another video, man. It's a good video, you know. Could be fake, could be whatever, but it's just another video. Like I already believe, you know. I don't need, I don't need to be impressed necessarily anymore. But uh, the the encounters that that people have, and the way that the encounters in general kind of make their life like so damn hard. I'm talking about like the first-hand experiencers, you know. It's just I I believe people. I'm I'm willing willing to believe people, especially on a subject like that, or on subjects that you know people have nothing to gain anything from, like like Bigfoot encounters and stuff like that. Same. What's your your take on the? I don't want to say it's the '80s. We'll say late '80s, early '90s. Is it the Japanese Alaskan UFO sighting when uh, basically the object just sat outside the window of the Japanese 747? Yeah. Flew next to it, like, basically all the way? Yeah. I don't know if you recall that. Yeah, um, I do. I do. Uh, that was interesting. The uh, I mean, the, the amount of videos that are so similar like that that are available on YouTube flybys of you know Cessnas or like my favorite stuff is like when they're just like in the middle of the sky and then all of a sudden they fucking dart off somewhere those are cool the orbs are interesting especially before a natural disaster yeah yeah totally and like the uh, y- you know it was, what was interesting too and I think he talks about this in the interview but I had heard it before that like a lot of the military, uh, I guess, radar threat detection systems, as they were up upgrading everything, uh, I don't know who knows, like a, like more than a decade back, as they were upgrading everything, all of a sudden they were getting all of these anomalies, where they were actually able to capture with the new technology just how many 
unidentified flying objects there were in our airspace at any given time. They just couldn't detect them before because the technology wasn't there, you know, or they, they, they couldn't read certain electrical signals or what have you. I'm not, not exactly sure what is all encompassed in those detection systems. But they're fucking everywhere, man. And especially they hover over uh, nuclear sites, refinement sites, storage sites. And this is uh, all over the world, too. What, what do they call those guys? The, the missileers? guys that work in those silos and launch facilities uh-huh. um, I, I find it interesting the ones where they uh, either the missile comes online by itself even you know being in a locked out process you know yeah. or we'll say or all power goes out to this you know advanced facility that's you know made to never lose power you know yeah and then I want to say there's been once or twice where they came outside and, you know, or the guard outside reported a orb flight. Boring uh-huh. orb, I guess, if, if I remember right. Yeah. Hovering over the, what's we'll called the facility. Yeah. The yeah they can um, definitely shut down our own, uh, our defense systems. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's, it's interesting, like, um, there's, there's like a lot of, I think there's a lot of footage. I, I recall easily being able to find footage of a missile being launched. You know, not 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 a real warhead, but with a little bit of explosive or whatever on it. And then they'll have these fucking UFOs come out of nowhere. You know, mind you, this is a missile being launched. And they'll come through, they'll hover around it, run circle around it real quick, and then the thing will blow up. You know, they'll just deactivate the shit. That's interesting to me, especially with all of the the messages too that people report to relay um, when they have encounters with. I guess you can call it like encounter the fourth kind, right? Like contact, or is it the third kind? I can't. I can't remember the the categories. Yeah, we'll, we'll get corrected real quick. Yeah, sure. yeah, for sure. Um, with beings. And when people talk about what they recall, what they recollect from these telepathic, most often, uh, communications, it's always, like, something to the effect of, like, like, oh, you humans, you're fucked up, you know. You guys are so short-sighted. <laughs> I wish you weren't like that. You guys could be so much better. Yeah, they don't have to fuck with us. You at least abduct you in a, a conscious mind. Yeah. I, you know, it would be cool. I think it would just be like going on a cruise ship. You know, if they could actually, you know, take away, you know, your the eye, the eye and mouth and, you know, ass probing. Uh-huh. Uh, of all things to be accused of of, uh, of aliens, you know, anal probing. Like maybe it was just a very fancy enema. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe they were helping some dude out. They were like, damn, this guy is full of shit. We got to help him out. <laughs> He's a John Wayne. Yeah. <laughs> He's fucking full of shit right now. Um, but it would be cool, you know, like on a cruise ship, how you could uh, pay an extra, uh, it's like $200, and they take you into the engine room. Oh, okay. Uh, um, imagine getting the full excursion package on uh, some interstellar uh, fighter. Yeah. And uh, getting to see uh, what their type of air defense is or 
radars, countermeasures. I mean, I'm sure that they wouldn't mind because you probably wouldn't understand it. They'd be like, oh, okay. The, the monkey wants to go into the computer room. Let's let him. <laughs> Let's let him poke around. Let's see what buttons he pushes. <laughs> right. There's a, but it's cool. I, I I still love the fact that on Joe Rogan there's a ton of activity with his own interests in, in regards to uh to that field of of interest. I really enjoy that shit, man. And I'm also going to eat for the first time in a while five dried grams of mushrooms. Oh man, I've been wanting one. Yeah. You eat right now? No, no, not right now. That dude, that's crazy. Five dried grams? Oh my god. I got a question for you about the the UFO. I don't mean to take away from you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mushroom thing. I'll come back. Uh-huh. Um, have you ever heard of uh, the firmament of the heavens? I've heard of the word, but I don't understand the concept. What, what is the fucking firmament? Uh yeah. I don't want to throw my two cents on it, you know, fully, but I'll just say what I, what I think it understands to me. Would, would that be fair instead of trying to, like, quote a fact or Google shit? Uh-huh. Um, firmament of the heavens is uh, what's also known as the Van Halen belts, the radiation ring around the Earth. And um, supposedly, if you were to go ask, like, Neil Armstrong to, to his face about the Van Halen belt and how they got past it, I guess... For a long time, anytime you brought that interview question up to an astronaut, they would get real defensive or real quiet about it. So, science-wise, we can't get out of the Van Halen belt because um, the radiation uh, risk. So, back to the firmament. The firmament of the heaven is uh, the, uh, the biblical side of it, and um, basically, there's a little protective ring around the Earth that God put there, and that if... Uh, we try to leave. You can't leave because, you know, God provides everything here for you, so you don't need to leave. And because he protects you, nothing ever is going to come in to the through the firmament. So you don't have to worry about, like, asteroid killing you or aliens attacking you and murdering your family because you're inside the little protection bubble of the firmament. So... Even if me and you took the most advanced little model rocket with the most advanced binoculars... Supposedly, if me and you shoot a rocket up straight and just watch it long enough, it just goes pew, it just hits the firmament. And never <laughs> so that, that's the Van Allen belt. Van the, the, the Van Halen belt is the science part of it. The biblical part is the Van uh, is the firmament of the heaven, and uh, it's supposed to be like a crystal or not. I want to say an emerald, like whatever a purple stone is. Uh huh. Is, is what I've been told before or how it reads like in the translation um, okay so with the, the ferment of the heaven as being uh, the whole topic what if the whole alien thing is just a facade and then what the the hype right now is just to further the scare of what our perspective because it's always going to be your own perspective of UFOs because if you say UFO, everyone's automatically, oh, aliens, aliens. It's like, okay, well, what if that's actually, the UFOs are actually a species, we'll call it the hollow earth theory, and those are just their Kias and Chevys, and they're just putting around. 
with somebody that got out of the fucking uh, hole of the earth and got lost. Yeah. Uh, they're not aliens. Those guys are actually terrestrial. Yeah. Uh, it would still be alien to us because we don't know what they are. But it doesn't mean they're extraterrestrials. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how, how much credence I put into that just because of the um, the electric universe theory and how, how that's kind of influenced my um, my co- my concept of the cosmology as it is and as it was I mean I, I, I don't doubt that there is definitely like a hard limitation to how far humans can go well for now just because of the amount of um, radiation and all that stuff, you know, it just gets, you would get so bombarded and we just don't have the technology to protect us against it that it's probably not advisable to go beyond a certain point still uh, until we have some further advancement in shielding technology. But yeah, I, I really have, have not heard anything about the the a firmament uh kind of a hard a hard layer that we can't pass through or send things through it would be interesting um maybe think of it as a restriction because wh- what do they call that um when you're um damn i can't remember we need timmy to be googling the shit for us house arrest <laughs> yeah would, would they call you like a level one to a species level two and you're like you're more advanced we'll oh just yeah say that, um We'll just say that with the zoo hypothesis in theory, that even if there was aliens, they don't even want to deal with this because we're just on a meat level of you know intelligence. That it's like trying to communicate with a rock. Like you know, there's <laughs> a way that we can fathom, you know, like some of their technology. We're not so, like, that bad. Don't bother with us. It's just observation. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. So imagine you know being only on, on like a level two, you know, rating. And it's like, well, you having reached level three, so you're not allowed out of your hemisphere. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll just keep them in their cage. Yeah, it's like you guys would only do dumb shit if you came out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, when they asked uh, uh, one of the astronauts about it, they said that they went out when they left. They went out through one of the poles because that's where the Van Halen belt is at its weakest point. And also, when you're coming into the atmosphere, you know you always talk about if you're at the wrong angle of trajectory, you'll you'll skip off the atmosphere. Oh, okay, yes. Uh, so when you're coming in, you have to come in at a certain angle into the atmosphere. Uh-huh. One that you don't burn up, and then two that way you don't. I guess you don't skip off. Yeah. So there's obviously something up there. I mean, I know the atmosphere is really dense, especially at that speed, but yeah. I, I don't honestly I don't think we allowed out of the house yeah we're just house people pets yeah we're house people that, like the kind of people that you encounter at Amazon house people <laughs> you're only allowed to work yeah <laughs> that's <laughs> fucked up <laughs> oh damn I heard that from my friend uh, Marcus he's funny House house person. I was like, oh wow, that's that's interesting. I never thought to classify somebody as a house person. People that just stay at the house. That's only well, now they have it. What do they call the people that work from home? Remote working. Oh yeah. Uh huh. 
that's, so that means that's a house person, right? Yeah, that's a house person, but I don't know. It depends what kind of house person, I guess. You can be, a, uh, I guess, like a well-studied house person who gets out sometimes. An artist. Yeah, there you go. An artist. I'm a house person right now, except for, well, not not really. I've been out, out and about. What do they call those people in Japan that just live in their house? Uh, f- fuck their hand. Hikikomori. That they're, uh, it's a hermit. The, the translation is hermit. Yeah, it's a hikikomori. Oh, there we go. That's a crazy-ass life. I, I was watching this thing on this guy. I mean, I wasn't interested. It just kind of it, it played, and it was an interview with this dude that's been a hikikomori for like a year or something. And he was just talking about like kind of taking pride in the lifestyle. It's so fucking tragic, dude. So tragic. What a waste of human potential. But who am I to say that? But at the same time, what a fucking waste of life. That guy lives in like one of the coolest places ever and nothing's perfect. Definitely. But fuck if I'm going to be stuck in a room when I live in the middle of Japan, like I'm going to be out there, man. You know. Gross and balls, guy. The only way that you really can do that is because um, your parents are rich. Yeah. Yep. So it's not that that you're rich, it's just you living off your parents. Yeah. Oh, shit, my friend's calling me. That's okay. I'll call him back. I was going to say, put him on. Interview him. Dude, I'm like 33 years old. I don't know how to fucking merge this shit. That's funny. Timmy. Where's Timmy? Tim. We should be on Discord. He's at the gym. It's fine. So me and Timmy, me and Timmy went on an adventure last night. Yeah, what'd you guys do? Ooh. We went to the strip club. You went to the strip club? Which one? Oh, no. They keep changing the name. Uh-huh. But it's our local hole-in-the-wall one here in Hesperia. And it's, um... I would definitely call the girls the B-Squad. It wasn't no fucking... There's <laughs> definitely the girl on the billboard that looks all, you know... Uh-huh. You know, the airbrushed all makeup and everything. All yeah. <laughs> but it was... It, it, I was a trip because I was pretty intoxicated going there. And then, uh, like, literally, like, what you're tipping the girls is just fucking nothing. And these girls are, like, selling their bodies for just crumpled $1 bills. Yeah. So I was I was having a hard time not laughing the whole time I was fucking there. <laughs> <laughs> they had to think I was fucking psycho, psychotic. Yeah. But um, well, the funny part was is, uh, Tim's never been so when Tim went there I just told him I gave him the rundown and uh, before we got in there within the first three minutes he was already in the back room <laughs> was he <laughs> <laughs> good job Tim he went he, he fucking gets to the point well the funny thing was is I had a beer and I'm like still like checking out the room and I turned around and it's like because it was um Wednesday night, uh-huh. that shit was dead. It was just us. I turned around and I'm like, "I'm alone. Where's my wingman?" Yeah. So I had asked the bartender, "Go, where's my guy?" And she goes, "He's gone." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. 
God damn it, Tim. He's got to tell us about this. Yeah, but um, it was funny because, uh, oh, man, we'll, we'll let Tim put his insight on this. But, yeah, we had a good time. Yeah. Damn, I haven't been to the strip club in a long time. I, I went a couple of years ago, me and my friend. And we went to uh, to the library here in Redlands. I think it was before they named it the library. I can't remember what it was named before. Mm. But, Whores R Us. Yeah, Whores R Us. Whores on a stick. <laughs> but it was good, man. It was it was fun. I mean, at that at that time, I think I was still on the tail end of drinking beer. So that was a lo- that was a long time ago. And there was just this construction worker that was sitting there next to us. And this dude had a fucking wad of money, like a big-ass stack of money, like four inches high. And uh, I don't know, man. He was already wasted, and he was just throwing money all around, like really roughneck construction dude, all sunburnt and shit. So I could just picture that being like his whole fucking check for the past week, all his per diem pay. (laughs) And he was like, hey, man, let me buy you guys drinks. He was buying us fucking drinks. He wasn't even giving any money to the strippers. He's just, like, laughing. <laughs> All by himself. It was hilarious. He was hitting on the waitress more than anything. You know, it was definitely euphoric, you know, yeah. watching the, the, the nudity flashing in front of you. Uh-huh. And then like, you know, all the lights and the music going and everything. It was cool. And so your eyes were trying to focus. Yeah. And, uh, but, no, it was... um. It was, it was a cool experience. Yeah. I think I, I might have mentioned it on the podcast where I saw the farmer's daughter in uh, in Nebraska. She was um, She was a stripper. Oh, okay. So you knew the, the dad, but then you found out that the daughter was... No, no. I just presume all of this. I just presume oh. it. I just, you know, imagine... Because it made sense somehow, it felt right. Like that must must be the farmer's daughter. If there ever was a farmer's daughter, it's her. I had a buddy who, um, I'm just gonna call it the Mint 400. It's a very popular race up there in, in Vegas. Uh huh. I don't know if you ever heard of it. Sometimes they quote it in the movie. Yeah, it sounds familiar. Or uh, better, we'll just call it a, a poker run. You know, you ever heard of a poker run? Mm, mm-hmm. Or it's a big desert race, and there's checkpoints, and you got to stop, and they yeah. give you a card. Yeah. Because you actually stop at that checkpoint, it, it gives it a more average time, and and uh, when you you play, you take your cards and you play a hand of poker at the end, and whoever has like the best hand, you know, there's I guess a pot of money. Yeah. All right. Well, my buddy, um, he said there was this one out there in Pahrump, and you know they have the whorehouses out there in Pahrump. Yeah. So he says that, you know, uh, one year he was out there and he said, you know what, fuck it, I'm, you know, I'm out here, you know, I'm just going to start coming out here and get me a girl every year. Yeah. So it started becoming a routine. You go out there to the, I think he called it the chicken chicken ranch or the chicken leg. Okay. So uh, he's there and uh, him and the girl are done, you know, and he's like, you know, paying her, you know, and like, oh, so, you know, what brings you to town, you know, as he's putting his pants back on and he's like, oh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm here for the, you know the poker run she goes oh yeah she goes my dad my dad does that too he's the he's in charge of that over there you know his name is ricky bobby senior you know uh-huh. and uh, he's like hmm. 
interesting. He goes, so what do you do? She goes, no. She goes, I come out here with him. She goes, I'm the farmer's daughter. She goes, I actually live in, you know, say Montana. And I come out here when my dad is, uh, doing the race and, uh, he thinks I'm over here on vacation and, you know, sightseeing. She goes, I come over here and I make my money and then I go home. Wow. And, uh, so he goes, then he goes back to, uh, the race the next day and there's the, uh, there's the farmer, so to speak. Yeah. And he, you're like, damn, you just got done railing your daughter for money. Uh-huh. Here we are working together now and putting this, promoting this race. Well, she's got to eat, man. Cheeseburgers aren't fucking cheap. Well, he said it was very awkward every time, uh, every year coming out for that race. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so hopefully she was uh, of age. <laughs> yeah i know hopefully huh uh i, I think th- those are pretty tightly regulated though the the perump brothels yeah <clears throat> i imagine they gotta be i don't know if they're sending secret undercover agents in there to get laid real quick and make sure everything's straight the sheriff's department okay well what about um hold on, let me think of her name mm. underage um Adult film star. Which one? From the eighties. Oh, I wouldn't know. I'll think about it. Some. See what we could do a live show. People could just come in and tell us. Oh yeah, that'd be awesome, huh? Mm. All the all the fucking people out there with this knowledge. Okay, and then there's um, so okay. So short story. There's this girl. She's sixteen and lies. Um. Well, so this is during the seventies, actually, uh-huh. because this is when you can go to a theater and, and see a, a porn film. This is like in the John Holmes uh, era. Okay. Tracy Lords is, is her name. Okay. If I if that's right, so I'm gonna go to, okay. She made it in full blown. She was like the Cindy Crawford of um, the adult film industry. Yeah. And uh, well, 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 like three years into it, four years into it. Uh, by the way, today's my 18th birthday. So she had put out so many films that even the adult industry wouldn't be able to tell you yes or no, or can prove when the production date of the film was, whether she was 16, 18, 19. Really? Yeah. And then uh, it was just a popular, uh, time where, um, yeah. Underage, uh, I imagine it happens all the time, even still now, but especially in the black market. But this was in the mainstream. This wasn't no child porn. This wasn't no underground shit. This was, that was a big deal. Yeah. What what happened? I mean, did did anybody get prosecuted for being involved or? Okay. So you know how like VHS tapes are kind of like, uh, um, I don't know. I want to say a dime a dozen. Yeah. So there's people who still have the VHS tape or beta tape at home. Uh-huh. With, you know, Tracy, uh, Tracy Lords does Dallas Part 2. Uh-huh. Well, she's 17 in that video. Yeah. Well, that videotape is illegal, right? Yeah. But at the same time, goes for buku dollars. Oh, I One, bet. because the value of it, and then two, 
because all the pervs out there know that that's a six-year-old. Yeah. But because it's technically child pornography, uh, it increases the value. So there's like a whole black market of Tracy Lord VHS tapes. Really? Yeah. So if there's a box of VHS tapes in your uh, grandpa's uh, garage, yeah, be careful, everybody. You might be in possession of child pornography. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like like that probably happened so much, dude. Back, like uh, the advent of video recording and stuff like that. No doubt. No doubt. I mean. Shit, shit, is, shit, shit is just wacky like that you know fucking porn industry it was it was so weird man I, I, I'm still drawing some uh, some insight from my visit to that convention in Los Angeles oh yeah I wish I could have gone yeah saw the beautiful girls yeah it was it was fun man it was fun but still like I just think like geez this is crazy this is crazy there's a whole lot of money floating around here and whole lot of obsession and people's uh mental states that i was in close contact with you know and it was really apparent to like the 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 more narrowly focused people that were there for an, the express purpose of like oh i'm gonna give this porn star like 400 bucks right now you know let's see if she'll give me a kiss or something yeah but those guys idol those women yeah, they they do. I just don't understand it though. You know, that's that's why it's so mysterious to me. Is like it, it's kind of one of those things where because it's it's such a foreign concept to me to be the way that some of these dudes are. It's really weird to see it and to I can't say that I understand them. You know, like like why would you try so damn hard to like. to garner favor with this human being, you know. But that's the nature of addiction. I mean, I I don't understand why people smoke meth, right? Yeah, I'm sure. Now, there's yeah. one one thing I do understand, though, about from that convention, I understood it right away. And it was that the porn star Jules Blue. I'm not calling her dumb. Cuz I don't know her like that. But I am calling her a poor conversationalist. <laughs> she fucking sucks. Yeah, because she's a poor conversationalist, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> she kind of sucks at talking, all right? But that's okay. Let oh. me guess. She is new to this country? No. Happy to no. be here? <laughs> no, she's not. She's not. Uh, my my friend has all her stats. He's like a fucking. He's like the baseball card collector of porn stars' awesome. information. So he had all he had all her stats. But she's from here. But she's kind of like a. She's kind. Of, she's not dumb as rocks. She's a human being, right? But don't don't, don't expect any. Uh, don't expect any any references of uh, of a witty nature or whatever. <laughs> Jules Blue, if you listen to uh, legit propaganda, I'm sorry, but hey, you're a nice lady. Yeah, you're a nice lady, and I gave you a high five, and that was it. All right. <laughs> sorry. 
So I wonder where Tim is. He's still not. I don't see a message from him. Yeah, I'm keeping an eye out. Oh, I'm sure he'll join us. Let me see that. Man, there was like kind of a slew of things that I had wanted to talk about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so just so everybody knows, just in case I don't, just in case I wake up dead, which I won't. But tomorrow evening, I'm going to take my first big, big trip in a long time on the mushrooms. And so four grams. I'm, I'm doing it in a government-sanctioned area. All right. I am protected. <laughs> uh, I'm doing uh, five grams. Oh, wow. Yeah, five dry grams. And it's kind of a lot. It's a big-ass heap of fucking mushrooms. Um, are you going to make a tea, or are you do? No, I'm just going to eat them. Right. Yeah. And I, I've, I've been... I've been kind of abstaining from a lot of stuff, you know? Uh, uh, but mushrooms... Definitely one of, one of those things that has been, I, I, fe- I felt at one point, maybe a couple of months ago that I was like eating them too much because I was eating one like on the weekend on average. And to me, that was a little too much. I, f- I felt like I was abusing it. And then I would eat one, uh, well, even more recently, actually, now that I think about it, I would eat like one or two mushrooms every time I went rock climbing and I really enjoy that, but then I started to feel like oh, I'm using them wrong here too, you know. So, so something was just happening, and so I just I cooled it off. Uh, just nothing, nothing for a while. Yeah, I noticed that when I was working out, like because um, yeah, I wasn't taking them for a psychological gain. I was taking them for uh, athletic gain. Yeah, during the workout. Mm-hmm. It, it made you feel good. I mean, it was fucking weird. Yeah. Like the amount of uh, extension I was getting. Yeah. Um, well, because I was taking the, the advice of Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, I was concentrating on the muscle in, in use uh-huh. or the eye muscle isolation. And uh, like I was able to really concentrate and like get all the way into like my shoulder blade, my, I guess my scapulas. Uh-huh. Doing uh, one called archer push-ups with the wide grip uh, push-ups on. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> uh, the wide grip uh, push-ups on the power tower is the only thing. Oh, I cool. Do. Okay. But I was getting like just some really good depth, and then of course you know you lock out with you know the full extension yeah. when you come to the top, but then dropping back down and getting in there, and then uh, I was also doing it in the dark. Or very, or very twilight. Ooh. I wasn't say pitch dark. Yeah, that's cool. I love working out in the dark. Well, I'll just say uh, candlelight because yeah. I have a little nightlight here. Yeah. And uh, of course, I smoke. I have a blunt that I puff on in between uh, sets. So uh, then, like afterwards, like getting out of the position and then standing up, and I'm just like, you're standing up, and you're like, wow, that felt fucking amazing. And so you you said you felt that after a while that you weren't using that you didn't you did you started to not feel good or or what 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 were you trying to say there that um, uh, you weren't getting as much of the effect 
the more I ate them, I was getting less effect. Oh, then yeah. I was getting more of like a burnt out feeling. Like, yeah, it was like blah. It was almost like smoking a cigarette and not getting like any effect. Yeah. I don't know if you ever smoked cigarettes before. No. I mean, well, I tried, but I would say that I didn't because it is. I, I, I tried like two puffs and I was like, this fuck sucks. I threw it away. Yeah, smoking is. Yeah, I never really. Very addictive, I get that. I guess so. Mushrooms were getting addictive. There's no effect. Yeah, yeah, and the you know the 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 I guess the nice thing about them is that when that starts to happen to you, you you feel it physiologically. Uh, that consequence that you're describing, uh, I definitely feel feel that when I'm using them too much, where I just I start to almost get a, like a hangover feeling, and kind of like a like a nutrient deficient feeling, you know. Like I feel like I just put my body through the ringer for for no reason, really. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, I mean, it is it is a uh, I don't want to call it a carcinogen, but it is a uh, it is a stimulant you're putting in your body. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, I wouldn't call it giving yourself food poisoning necessarily, but it it does have some of those those properties. Well, I can only imagine what the little jungle of venturing people, you know, eat when they're in there. Oh, the, yeah. They're getting ready to like hunt or meditate. I call it meditating when I do it. Uh huh. I, I don't like to say, "Hey, I ate shrooms today." You know. Yeah. I, yeah. Totally. I'm like, you know, hey, I meditated. Today. I got into a, a different level um, with myself. You know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Imagine all the tasty things in the jungle or. Uh, uh, a Sahara desert that you can eat that gets you all has like the same sort of effect. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. You know what's, what's crazy about that too is like uh, imagine all of the things that don't give you that that tasty psychedelia. Like uh, I, oh, I always th- think it's it's so cool. Like every, everybody's heard the story. Well, everybody that's into the psychedelic stuff has heard the story of uh, ayahuasca and like how ayahuasca came came about to the uh, cultures of the Amazon and well have you heard the story um no the one I I heard was the the mushroom I heard lately how uh, the psilocybin mushroom came in on an asteroid or some shit like that (laughs) oh damn I never heard that one but I don't think that's what you're talking about though no no, right. that, uh, so ayahuasca is interesting because well the origin story is interesting and ayahuasca is interesting but the origin story goes that these uh, cultures in the Amazon they were like just looking for some for something I have no idea what they were doing actually now that I think about it I don't remember that part of the story but anyway somebody asked uh, how how did how did your people discover that these two plants, that this vine and this plant, bark, bark, I think it's bark, when mixed together in a certain way, create ayahuasca? And how did you know how to use it? How did you, of all the plants, of all the unlimited biodiversity, of everything that could possibly go together, how did you come up with this recipe that is the only, is only accessible 
through combining these two plants in all of the plants of the Amazon. And I guess they told the people that asked, they're like, well, the plants told us, you know, that's where it came from. And that's literally, it's been the consistent story for for anthropologists and anybody that, that has asked that question. It's just, yeah, the, the plants said so. And so we listened. Interesting. Yeah. The the mushroom story that, that I'm familiar with is uh that after sub Saharan Africa um started to experience climate change and thus uh changes in the in the biome there, the plant life and the animal life started to shift towards a direction that was uh less conducive to staying in one place that led people to become nomadic because of the scarcer resources as they were chasing cattle or herds of whatever it is this bovine kind of animal that they were following these guys right because they were their source of food and that as these things would take giant dumps on the way occasionally there would be these mushrooms that were growing out of the uh, out of the uh, feces of whatever species it was that they were following, and that they started to eat them, and they discovered, oh shit, like these things are these are magical, and that's just for the African uh, continent. In other places, like uh, like in northern Washington, there's a psilocybin stuff that grows wild out there that's apparently pretty easy to find because a lot of my friends and family that grow or that go up there or live up there they're like oh yeah yeah we found some mushrooms we ate them tripped out for a little bit you know i don't i don't know those origin stories either i'm sure there was a lot of death involved there in uh, new mexico arizona it's um you know areas next to prisons where it's like it's illegal to pitch up, uh, pick up hitchhikers. Yeah. Um, in certain uh, areas there, in the desert states, it's illegal to pull over and try to uh, find pe- peyote. Uh-huh. And the, where it used to be, where you could just stop on the side of the desert and walk out a foot or two to a, a cactus, and you could um, grab your own pe- peyote. Well, because people, so many people were doing it, it was just depleting, the, you know, the ecosystem. Yeah. So they had to stop, you know, started telling people, hey, it's illegal, and, you know, you can't just eat this and drive. Um, but, yeah, state law, please no pulling over eating our state's, uh, our state flower. <laughs> our state flower. Is it really the state flower? No, but it's like, illegal. No, oh, no. Pull off the, as a tourist to stop beside the road and try to go pick a cactus. How do cactus. they? How do they know you're not you're not looking for pill bugs? Very true. You argue that to the highway patrol. Yeah, just take all your money. It's like no, no, no. I was looking for paganonum harmaline. <laughs> that grows out there. That's actually a hallucinogen too. I think. Oh no, no, it's not. It's a. That, that that's an ingredient that would also make. Uh, DMT psychoactive. It has um, a monoamine oxidase inhibitor compound in it. Um, oh, hold on. Let me turn on the light. I have this 
have a light in my garage that turns off if it doesn't detect motion, so it's pretty annoying to to have to activate it every now and then. Gotcha. I would love to take, like if I knew, get ready to jump out of an airplane, they told me, sir, this is it right here. You know, you're literally going to die here in the next hour and 59 minutes. Uh-huh. I would definitely want to take a big old shot or dose of uh, PCP or uh, some, I don't want to call it PCP, but if, if, there was some medicine doctor and he says, oh, here, you know, rub this on your gums. This is our traditional, um, uh, what do they call that? Sacramental pre-war offering. Uh-huh. You know, some tea. I would definitely drink the fucking tea before I went to go in a sword fight. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Definitely. I, I think I would too. Or I might just sit down and wait for things to happen, but who knows? Or what if, like, um, it's end times and there's a bunch of, like, a mass mob trying to get into your house and after your family and your last resort is to fucking take a big old fucking hit of meth or, uh, you know, heroin. Yeah. So, uh, uh, be like uh, Bane or the Hulk. Yeah. In your last fucking seven minutes of your fucking life. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that that it, it could it could uh, work in your favor potentially. Everyone's like, like a, a lot. I stopped listening to like half of the fucking YouTube uh, people that I was listening to on the daily. I think I kind of talked to you about that a while ago. Just because I felt like it was just a lot of negativity, a lot of doom and gloom. You know, it's like I, I already know how risky it is to live in a highly densely populated area that would totally turn on itself should the slightest thing go wrong like trust me i know but i don't want to think like that all the time you know i'm tired of fucking thinking like that man i feel like it was just introducing a lot of fear uh a lot of worry into my life to be thinking about that shit all the time well i'll tell you one thing about the whole doom and gloom thing and end of the world all that shit if uh, me and you aren't working and healthy and going to work every day, those guys ain't getting their budget and their tax money, and they're not going to have jobs because, of course, you know, politicians need, you know, their very, you know, healthy wages. Oh, yes. So uh, as long as there's politicians around, there's going to be plenty of uh, utopia growing around for us to go fix all the shit every day yep <laughs> fuck man so true some politician who's that guy that needs a 60 dollar breakfast every single morning oh yeah i wish i knew his name that guy yeah fucking he was piece a, of shit. out in new york or something yeah fucking piece of shit all of them it's parasites i i, I love all, watching all those videos of the protests in uh in france man i'm just like damn like that's they're trying at least, you know, like that it's inspiring to me and it kind of gives me hope because for people to demonstrate their anger over these, uh, I mean, they, I don't know. It's, it's kind of multifaceted what's happening there. Right. So the, the, the whole thing in France got started because they tried to raise 
the um, the retirement age by two years from 62 to 64. Well, that's very odd for France, but yeah, okay. Yeah, so they tried to raise it because of the fact that... Now, I don't know if, it, if this kind of um, went the other direction because the world, I think in general, had uh, their life... All of our life expectancy, especially for men, went down significantly. Um, now, I'm not sure how they calculate this, but this is just me quoting some shit. Went down significantly with COVID. Um, people just aren't... They weren't living as long. People were dying a little bit earlier during these past two years. And they expect that stress and the economic strain has some long-term consequence of... Uh, shortening our lifespans so anyway in france they decided the government decided that okay people are living longer so we're gonna raise the retirement age by two years and so people got fucking pissed and they're like no it's not gonna go down and so they started writing and doing all this shit to to be angry you know at the at the government and to be angry at the the damn slobs that sit at the top of the economic uh, pyramid, especially especially the politicians. You know, you you can't you can't really say much about the self-made people and stuff like that. But they're definitely taking their aggression out to, to the government, just passing these mandates without asking anybody, without even taking a vote. You know. Well, it, uh, you know, I saw a documentary on a couple of different ways, even before the France thing. Um, I forget what other country was doing it. I think we're going to move it up here. Yeah. There's no talk. But it also, uh, it extends guys like me and you in the working field because that's an extra two years of us paying taxes on someone else's pension. Yeah. Yeah, so exactly. So that means that other dude that's living for an extra year or two hanging on to his last you know a year of life you know you're still because when you pay your taxes or your uh what do you call that contribution uh-huh. your contribution is actually just going from your paycheck to the guy who's retired you know he's waiting every third of the month to get his you know fifteen hundred dollar pension check you know yeah they get that $1,500 from all the guys that are currently working. Uh, Ford's biggest problem is they have more retirees than workers. Yeah. Um, but as for the raising the limit or the age limit, that keeps uh, guys like me and you in the work field just a couple of years longer. And I'm not saying it raises GDP or anything, but it does. It keeps the economy going at a, at a better level than a, than a deficit. Yeah, yeah, totally. And then there, there's also um, the aspect, too, of them raising the retirement age for that same reason. Because the way that... I'm not sure how, you, how you'd call these things anymore. I'm not sure what to fucking name shit. But, so you have an advanced society, right? Let's just call it that simplistic name. You have France. It's modernized it's urbanized and what's happening in france in germany in switzerland we talked about it before on the podcast is the depopulation thing right so it's like the a lot of the uh a lot of the birth rates are not 
keeping up. They're not meeting the threshold of what they call replacement uh, quota for growth. Instead, it's shrinking, right? People are having less and less and less kids. And so what's happening is the ratio of retirees is quickly outpacing the inflow of cash from younger workers. And so it's creating this giant problem, supposedly, of, okay, there's not enough funding to support this growing number of retirees for this shrinking number of workers. And so it's requiring people to work longer, number one, to stave off that thing for two years. Or, ah, oh fuck, my, my buddy just sent me a text. I don't know what he's talking about. Uh, you know, it, it, anyway, I got I got totally sidetracked, but... Yeah, so there, there's that thing happening too. And I was also reading by happenstance that in uh, South Korea, in South Korea has a huge fucking problem. I think, I think the average birth rate for South Korean women is 0.8. I'm not sure exactly what that means, but in, long story short, it means that they are not having kids at the rate that would make their society viable uh like 200 years in the future as it is you know you're talking fucking abandoned houses you're talking people returning to the countryside because there's just like nothing to fucking do it's not worth it to live in the cities might as well just grow your own food and shit you know here recently i don't know if we talked about it um whoever the the royal family is in japan the, I guess there's only a daughter now. Yeah. That's left in the, what is it? They call that succession. Yeah. And, um, I'm sure there still are arranged marriages. I'm sure there is a prince for her to go, uh, you know, instantly marry. Yeah. But they asked her, they said, okay, so by you not getting married, this ends the Japanese uh, empire right here of the last of the, the original royal family. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if she said that, you know, I shouldn't have to be forced into marriage or whatnot. She goes, but I'm choosing. And they were like, all right, well, you know, you're the last of the succession. So you're, you're going to break the chain. And, you know, and she's like, oh, you know, I'm okay with that. So just because there's a lack of, I don't know if it is, maybe there's not a prince out there. <laughs> there's no one left for her to marry. Yeah. So, and they said to her, you know, like, you know, hey, what are your thoughts on this? And she's like, you know, it, what can you do? Yeah. I but mean, there's no melon line. And because it's a woman, it, it fucks up the, the bloodline, the succession, everything. Yeah. Like whether it's her doing it or her not wanting to do it. She's ending the the royal empire, yeah, or you, whatever you call it. Mm. Sorry, Japan. That's okay. We don't need the fucking royal empire anymore. That's fucking garbage ideas anyway. But yeah, Japan is Japan is very much one of those countries too that falls into that into that category of uh, the inverted uh, retirement demographic 
us too, man. I mean, uh, us too. It's happening slower here. But we also have other things going for us, like the immigration stuff, you know, like there's still people moving here from countries where they have to have a higher rate birth rate in order to carry on their lifestyles. Well, let me ask you this. Do you think this whole, um, anti-abortion or pro-life fucking shit is based off of the demographic fucking of, of what you were just talking about? It's like, no people fuck, fucking make babies. We need more babies. Yeah. I, the the whole pro-life and whatever it's a giant neon distraction i think uh a big fucking emotional distraction but it does give you a window into like the the asp- the, the statistical side you know of like the proportion of the culture that that does support living lives where you're basically more inclined to pursue your own I'm not I'm not going to call them narcissistic uh goals but maybe they can be called narcissistic goals but your your own selfish life you know over that of uh the potential for you know, making a quote unquote mistake and then addressing it by having an abortion there's a lot more people in all of the modern societies that would probably opt for a government that has that as like a legal option, you know, as, as a protected legal option, just because of our culture, man. We're, we're just, we're, we're about ourselves and that's been accepted. And I think it's fine, but there are consequences to it. You know, yeah. Like, I, don't know, I don't know how I feel on the whole, uh, uh pro-life thing. Um, just because there's so much, um, we'll just say all aside, there's so much um, medical science behind all of that, where, um, plus a lot of situation awareness where you, whatever that person is going through in their life, you know, you, you medically, you can't, if you can't normally get into somebody's uh, medical issues, you know, who are you to, you know, tell them, you know, what they can go do with the doctor, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I don't, don't want to offend anybody, but at the same time, I don't know. I, like, just like the whole Bud Light thing. Um, <laughs> Dude, that, sh- that shit's been a fucking, the most retarded shit show that I've seen in a while. Okay, maybe you can explain that. I know it's a topic change and everything, but it, it, it just, just goes to show you the, uh, the passion. Okay, I don't want to call it ignorance or yes, stupidity. the passion. Yeah. The passion. The, Everyone's going to feel passionate about it. Okay, but who is this Bud Light person? And why are they important? It's just... It's what just, the fuck am I missing? Dude, it's HR departments. It's adver- it's advertising departments, dude. It's advertisers and their stupid fucking short-sighted bullshit, man. Like, okay, th- think, about, think about the average person that drinks Bud Light. It's a white dude in a pickup truck hanging out listening to country music that's your average Bud Light drinker that culture is you can make a lot of stereotypes and you'll probably land somewhere close to the truth about 
that person that drinks fucking Bud Light on average, you know? They're probably conservative. They're probably not that into supporting trans rights and not feeling too strongly one way or another. They probably don't give a fuck about it. I had a better way of, of, of saying it, or I don't want to say a better way. I had another outlook. Yeah. Think of every time you're out buying gas or you're at the grocery store, okay? No matter what time you're there, there's always the working guy, whether going to work, you know, buying beer for his lunch or on his way home. <laughs> uh-huh. In uniform, dirty clothes, you know, the guy, just the 30-pack in his, in his hand, right? Yep. It's your average working guy. So that's who you're upsetting, really. The the guy who's going to, who's paying all the uh, retirement fund for all the retirees. Yeah, the dude who's fixing your plumbing, the construction worker. Yeah, definitely. But the the good thing about the Bud Light thing is, um, before I had a hard time finding the the platinum beers. Oh yeah, <laughs> now you can find them. That's what me and Timmy like. Yeah. Now that shit's stocked all the time. I have no problem getting my beer. So, all you hating motherfuckers, thank you. You know, you know, I support you, but thank you for uh, not drinking all my beer. <laughs> yeah, thanks. But uh, from what I understand, that was uh, the person they sponsored is a transgender athlete. Is is that right? Or yeah, a male charading as a female, uh, taking advantage of some advertisers dumbass idea to try and throw trans rights into the into the beer drinking world as if that would come out you know as as if it was going to be a sure win especially with Bud Light that was just dumb it was just all fucking dumb and so they 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 had this person essentially as kind of like a poster boy for you know, oh look, we're a progressive company. We're not just a, we're not just a shit kicker beer company. We're fucking, we're on it. You know, we're keeping up with the culture. Nobody gives a shit about that, and especially the average Bud Light beer drinker. And so, yeah, so people raged, and big surprise. But what what made me laugh about it so much was like yeah like really how how passionate people got. They're like fuck, <laughs> they just they don't want anything to do with it, and so they don't drink their beer. And now James can find his platinums. That shit is so stupid though, man. It's well, so you stupid. Know, how we're talking about the, all the American uh, guy. It's funny how all these people have money to literally pour down the drain. Yep. I bought this beer, but now I'm going to waste it. Yeah. You're making your point, but at the same time, it's like, well, uh, but I still won because you still bought that beer. And for all these people to go, wait, hold on. I want to go pour my beer out and make a TikTok video. Oh, I don't have any in the fridge because I drank it all yesterday. Let me go run out and buy some so I can make a video of myself pouring it out. I don't want this trans beer. But I'm going to buy it anyways. Yeah. Well, one of my favorite videos that surfaced was uh this guy and he's just raging. He's he's in a liquor store and you know how they build the fucking beer pyramids? Yeah. Oh, he's tearing it apart. He's throwing shit everywhere. He's fucking cussing and being all angry. It's it's hilarious cuz everyone's just watching him. 
and I'm kind of like I'm kind of cheering for the dude. I'm like, wow, like look at his rage, look at the passion in this man. He is like, he's awesome, you know. <laughs> he's raging. He's showing you how it's done. As far as what he's raging about, I I really don't care one way or another. But it's just it was hilarious to see how many people got up in arms over something so trivial, dude. And that's why I call it a big ass distraction. It's just so dumb. It's so dumb. Let the advertisers do their thing. If you like Bud Light beer, just buy Bud Light beer. You're not you're not furthering the trans agenda by buying Bud Light beer, you know. Yeah, they're still going to support it either way. Yeah. So. They're still like how many trans people have already been supporting thus uh the the Bud Light brand. Right? You don't know. Does that knowledge make it even worse? I have no idea. <clears throat> but the whole thing was fucking stupid. Before before we had uh, trannies, you know, we had eunuchs. Yeah. Hikikomoris. Yeah. There's always going to be some sort of um, sodomite <laughs> tranny or... Sodomite. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. There's always going to be some something where these people are going to fucking hate. Yeah. You could you could find a group to point a finger at no matter who you are, you know. You really can. Well, that doesn't mean I'm going to protest freaking... I don't know what I can protest. Uh, what can I protest? These corn chips that I like. These blue corn chips. If yeah, I if yeah. I if I see some Taliban guy fucking eating blue corn chips, the same ones that I'm eating, I'm still gonna eat them. I'm just gonna be like, what the fuck's the Taliban doing with these corn chips, fuckers? And you know what's, what's what's funny? Whether it's a blue corn chip or a Bud Light. Okay, uh-huh. so now me and Tim went to go buy a beer last night, right? Yeah. Now I feel compelled by society not to buy Bud Light. Uh-huh. Now, why is it that I have to feel weird or, I don't want to say displaced, we'll just say affected. Why do I have to be aff- affected so when I'm standing in line with my bloom corn chips and my Bud Light <laughs> that uh, I'm being watched or judged? And what was funny is uh, uh, I told Tim, I go, hey, uh, do we need to go get a, br- a big brown paper bag? And hide our beer <laughs> and take it from the cooler to the register. Yeah. Like, do we need to be discreet? And he goes, no, fuck these people. He's like, let's get our beer and go. So I was like, all right. Uh-huh. And we found it. I was like, but the, the funny thing was is like, you see all these TikTok videos where they're showing mass shortages of every kind of beer but Bud Light. And there's just mass uh, stockpiles of Bud Light. It, the, the cooler was full of everybody's beer. Yeah. There was no shortage. Uh, the social media shit, I mean, fucking this is always exaggerated, you know. For all you know, that could have just been a, a a freshly stocked aisle. And they put the Bud Light first just to do something, you know. And so so many people go go that far to make social media posts that could potentially go viral and make them a couple of bucks. Get them some attention. You know, I uh, recently felt duped to a uh, 
a fake news posting on April Fool's Day. Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, duh. Uh, so, what if it was just uh, April Fool's jock on wrong? It's prolonged. Everyone's like, you're going to have to tell him sooner or later. Uh-huh. What if it was never true? It's all false propaganda. Yeah. Yeah, who knows, man? Who knows? Might as well have been. I mean, it had the same effect, right? Imagine if that whole thing had been a joke. People would still protest. They'd be like, no, fuck that. <laughs> and you're playing around. <laughs> you're going to sponsor her anyways. Yeah. It's because you said you did and you didn't. Yeah. Yeah, at work, there's actually been two transvestites that I'd seen recently. At your work? Yeah. Truck drivers. Oh, truck drivers. I thought you meant, like, mechanics. No. No, still no, still no trans mechanics that I know of. There hmm. might, there might be some. Interesting. Yeah, I think, I think all the trans mechanics, they kind of, they went to the, they're work, they're working on the windmills, you know, wind power. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm thinking of doing, not because I'm trans, but I, I like the idea. Because I've been rock climbing a lot, you know, and um, been doing the top, top roping stuff. And I was just looking into into that line of work, and that's pretty cool work, dude. Like, you get to go to all these fucking far out places. And it's just like any other job, but a li- little bit riskier with the uh, repelling and stuff like that. But now, now that I know the equipment that they use, I'd be down to do that still in the wheelhouse of hydraulics and electrical stuff and you know I'd be down not not construction just maintenance yeah, I guess any any environment can has a potential uh, co-worker <laughs> I like that I guess yeah yeah but, but the windmills yeah I've seen a couple of those videos of the maintenance those guys taking all their oil and everything up there and uh, basically doing an oil change on the gearboxes and stuff. Yeah. And that uh, was pretty impressive. Yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. Like, there, there's this one company. They'll hire you no training required. And you get per diem, and they will fly you from anywhere to uh, to Ontario, Canada. And you get to work in this tiny-ass town that has just an inordinate amount of, of uh, wind generation and I think it's cool. I don't know. I I, I might give it a shot because uh huh. Yeah, yeah. The the danger that you face there is to me the same amount of danger that I face every day anyway when I go climbing, if not even less, because I'm dealing with like recreationally maintained, not professionally, not real professionally maintained professional level equipment. You know. Um, so that doesn't scare me. And then there's also the fact that, yeah, you get to go high up. I love being in high up places. Fuck it, man. Do it. I'm afraid of heights. Yeah. I'd be more worried about getting blown off the top, you know, the wind, not being tethered down. Yeah. Oh, you're strapped in at all times, though, you know. Yeah, I use, uh, what the hell's that fall protection lanyard? 
use it when you're hanging still or you're rigging or, or you're on a forklift, you know. Oh, uh-huh. You gotta put your hook on. Yeah. Forgot. I just I know it as fall protection. Uh-huh. But I was gonna ask you a question about the rock climbing. Yeah. I just did something. Is it is it called a motion board? Um I, let's see. So there's, there's... the rock wall. Uh-huh. Flat wall. It wasn't all like, you know, inverted. But it had all kinds of different grips on it. Oh, a kilter board. And then the, a little blue LED lights up. Yeah. And they, your path you got to go up. Yeah, it's a it's called a kilter board. Oh, okay. You've done that? That this shit looks hard as fuck. It is hard as fuck. It, it's cool because that, that thing trains you on, well, number one, endurance, right? Because usually the kilter boards are tipped to 50 degrees or 45 degrees. And so you're climbing upside down, and what they help you do is they help you, I guess, master your techniques and um, your techniques and your endurance at the same time. And to me, it, it helps you uh, understand how to attack bouldering problems and just climbing problems in general as statically as possible. Static meaning you know, without making these big dynamic movements, these jumps and stuff like that. Yeah, so they, they, they help you learn how to keep your hips real close to the wall, which just helps for stability and fluidity. I like I like kilter board. Kilter board is cool, but it's fucking tough. That's for sure. Yeah, I saw a short video short. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, look at Sean right there. I'm going to have to ask him about that. Yeah, yeah, kilter board's dope, man. You know, I... I haven't been doing a lot of that training. I've actually kind of stepped away from the bouldering stuff for a little bit. I feel like, like I, I, I've reached a, a hard a hard limit here. Uh, at my gym, I'm right right around like V five V six on bouldering, which is pretty good because I think V five and above is uh, oh they call it advanced there, and. Um, but I feel like my finger strength and like my tendon endurance is just uh, at the line, you know. And so I need to do like different training for bouldering. So you're breaking up real bad. You just came back, but your uh, last like ten seconds there was all robo robocop talk. Oh, that's okay. I'll just keep going. Yeah, you're still all AI. We're being monitored. Really? Yeah, it's really glitchy. Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. You said China too many times. I don't or think we, I've said we, China enough. We didn't enough. say China enough. No, no I didn't. I've lost said, shut them down. They're not talking about us. They're not talking about us. Unacceptable. <laughs> oh, no, that's Japan. Sorry. <laughs> Baroon. Yeah. You know, I, I lost interest in China for sure, man. I'm not even concerned about those motherfuckers anymore. Well, the Chinese government. Sorry, Chinese people. I like you guys. Hey, you know... Since we're talking about uh, China, there's uh, were reports of seeing the weird green uh, laser lights coming down from uh, a satellite over um, Hawaii. Yeah, I saw that video too. It was um, supposedly it was f- the, those lasers regularly happen. It's just we don't really see them that often because there's not enough like I don't know moisture or mist blowing around i seen one the other day oh really 
yeah, it tripped me out. And then, like, I thought I was seeing shit. And then, I, I, but I've seen it before and uh-huh. not really thought about it. I was like, that was weird. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, uh, but now that I'm seeing it more, um, especially when I'm out hiking, it's like, I don't know if my emotion in my body is just random satellite is just picking me up out there. Yeah. And it's just, you know, kind of drawn towards me, you know, just by default. Uh huh. But, yeah, I experienced it twice the other day. Wow. Yeah. Pete. But it wasn't a green light. It was uh, like a white light or I don't know how to explain it. But I saw I did. I saw that shit move, though. Whoa. For sure. I saw that shit. I, like I said, I thought it was I thought it was just tracking my body because what I was doing, I was I was trail running. And uh, sometimes I don't just stay forward. If I see a different trail, sometimes what I'll do is I'll just instantly cut left or cut right and then run up that that embankment. Yeah, and then sometimes I'm smoking. I'll like start coughing, so I'll have to stop real quick. So imagine the satellite dude watching you, you know, tracking you. All of a sudden, you just do it about face, or then all of a sudden you stop. Or even if you stop to pee, because I think that's what it was. When I was drinking water, I was relighting the blunt, and I looked down and I could see this fucking weird light just kind of move off to the side. Yeah. And I was like, that was weird. Yeah. They're like, oh, he's taking out his penis. <laughs> Let's watch. That's fucking great. Let's watch. All the Chi- all the Chinese people are like, "Wow, that's a big one." Man, his cock is crooked. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> so that's a big one. That's funny shit. It looks like he got stuck in the door. Shut the door hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, what happened to Tim? Man, Tim ain't here. I don't know, man. Oh, he got stuck in the door. Yeah, we haven't uh, posted any uh, new episodes, right? No, no, I haven't. I have them. I have them right here on my desktop too. I've just been so busy, dude. Like it's been crazy. My my friend gave me an opportunity to work part time with him, and it's been it, it was burning me out pretty bad. And then I've also been burning myself out because of my passion for rock climbing, and then recording music and all this shit recently. So yeah, I've I've totally dropped the ball. Sorry, sorry, listeners. I got like a three episode backlog. I'm gonna upload them all at once. <laughs> it's fucked up. Me and Tim were talking to some person and uh, talking about the show. And uh-huh. It's funny when person says, "Oh yeah, I'm following you," because you know you give them the show name. Uh-huh. Like afterwards, uh-huh. I was like, "Timmy, I go. You think he'll follow us?" He goes, "I don't know." He goes, "Sometimes I feel weird." People just, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll watch your show. <laughs> they never do. Yeah. So or, those who listen, thank you. Yeah. Those who hate us, thank you. Or like that that real, that cool dude that was like, oh, I don't know, it's kind of out there. I listened to it for a little bit, but it was a little out there. <laughs> yeah, he was not a fan. Yeah, I, I wish, you know, I, I feel like that guy was like a real devout Christian guy, though. Oh, yeah, we offended he. Yeah, yeah, we said we said some shit right away. <laughs> it was like fuck this. Uh, well, you figure the guy was about ten to fifteen years older than us, so imagine him being that much older, experiencing the war versus some young guy who is just ready to hurt, maim, and kill versus someone who's actually seen war for a humanitarian side of it. Totally, yeah. So he probably could experience the war a whole lot different than I did, or that maybe that you or Tim would experience. You know? 
Yeah. No, definitely. To each room, man. That's why it's war, man. War's, war's terrible. Yeah. Yep. It shouldn't happen, dude. Nope. Shouldn't happen. I, f- I think, you know, we just, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know what we should do. Fucking humanity. Humanity is at a weird point. I, I just got this book. Um, I'm gonna start reading it. It's called uh, "The Strange Death of Europe" from uh, Douglas Murray. I think I mentioned this also before on the podcast before I ordered the book. And this book's about all well, keeping up with with the conversation about uh, demographic crisis uh, and how there there's just not enough children being born to sustain uh, Western societies or modernized Western societies. It's essentially what the book's about. It's about Europe and like for the past decade, how they were just opening up their borders to like anybody and everybody that was having a war, which is everybody in fucking Sudan, everybody in the Middle East, everybody everywhere, you know, (laughs) and the consequences of opening up the borders and what that looked like in terms of daily life for the people there and it's pretty fucked up man it's pretty fucked up what happened so i don't know what i don't know what we should do as as a, as a member of the western culture and as a benefit as a what what do you call that like you know you benefit from something as no. a as a pers- capitalism no 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 like uh like I, I benefit from the fact that I live in Southern California and you know relatively okay in my income. I don't have to worry about my my water and shit. You know, going to get water because it comes out of the faucet like magic every day. <laughs> I benefit from this shit. I, I, what the culture? Yeah, and uh, as a person that's a part of this thing, and a person that's unapologetic for being a part of it. It does make me worry, man. It does make me worry a little bit, and it makes me have a different kind of outlook and a different position uh, when dealing with my extended family, when dealing with younger people. Because I no longer consider myself young. I'm 33, you know. Um, but yeah, it's just it's super interesting to see the direction that, that humanity is going. And in terms of, like, what you should do with your life fuck i have no idea if you have kids well you you have you have a path you know you have to be responsible you gotta be a good person but if you're like myself and you kind of didn't plan anything and so i ended up in this unplanned state of like not having a kid or not having a family not even having a fucking house you know or i should say a mortgage um kind of throws a lot of things up in the air it's like well what 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 should people like me do because there's a lot of people like me now and the people like me we're having uh quite a big sway on the direction that our western cultures are going going in you think it's wrong for us to profit as okay so you're talking about, you know, what is it called, you know, when you have all this, you know, this stuff available to you. So me and you are going to have to go to work regardless, right? Yep. But when me and you are uh, checking in on our monthly uh, 
retirement uh, statement. You know, we have like John Hancock. I don't know what the fuck it is, but you know, you get your monthly alert. You know how well your your uh, your plan is going. Yeah. Um, so, like uh, another thing I use is uh, Robinhood. Do you think it's wrong in our culture to profit off of any type of war investment? So, me and you are going to have to invest our money one way or another. So when you look at a security group or security holdings, when you're making your selection on how you want to invest your money, if you outright know that your little Robin Hood investment group is actually a Kenyan security group where the U.S. hires, uh, the only one I can remember was called SOG Securities, just like Blackwater. Yeah. Uh, So... Those dudes now have a very good job, but they're out doing proxy warfare. Yeah. So how do you feel about investing your pennies every paycheck into that company on Robinhood or your official retirement program investment, knowing that you're basically... So basically, your 401k is the blood diamond of the war industry if, if that makes sense yeah uh i mean i'm, I'm kind of cynical about that i think that that's what my money goes towards anyway you know it, it all gets it, it all gets funneled from the bottom which is us to the top and the top does that with it so i don't outright invest in it because well, I don't have the disposable income to do that. You know, I'm kind of like, even being okay, I'm kind of skirting the boundary of not being okay. Um, so would I do it? No. But if I could, would I? Probably not. Probably not. There's there's other stuff to invest in. Uh, even at a, at a local level that, yeah, might not make you a bunch of money, but... <clears throat> With the way this stuff's going with money, like I'm so disinterested in it too at this point, man. I'm actually I'm gonna pull my uh, Robinhood open right now and I'm gonna type in KBR, which is Dick Cheney's company. Yeah. I want to see what one piece of uh, stock goes for, even though that's just all bullshit, anyways. But yeah, I just want to see. Yeah. There was a bunch of uh, renewable energy um, stuff that my uh-huh. my ex invested into, and uh, they were like a mining. They were like mining companies and shit like that, and so she was investing into those things. But it turns out that they were all Russian, and this was before the the whole war got popularized, you know. Uh, and when it did, she essentially kind of like lost all that money. Because it was all Russian stuff. Like, all the values just totally tanked. And I'm not sure if it was artificial or if it was real. Oh, uh, you know, no, I have some holdings like that, too. They're weird companies. I was doing the same thing. I was trying to get, I was buying into, like, lithium. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm looking at KBR. If I had to invest money right away, if I knew the war was about to kick off, like, fucking tomorrow morning. Yeah. 
I would buy into this because this is the who runs the chow halls, provides laundry, provides fuel. Yeah. Um, and they're 52, 52 a share. Oh, 56 a share. Well, okay. Well, not too bad. No. It's a trip. Yeah. Ooh, man, I'm still tired from that fucking goddamn whorehouse last night. <laughs> yeah. So you guys just you guys just hung out there for a while. Yeah, I was showing Timmy how to tip the ladies. Oh yeah. Yeah, but you know, got to be able to fondle them the same time you're giving them that crumpled dollar bill. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, sh- shove it in their bra, but all kind of slow. Well, you know what was funny was is is uh, there's all these strict rules in the workplace and stuff, you know no leering eyes but just because i take this dirty dollar bill and i slowly hand it to you and i can strategically you know grab your titty or grab your cooch as i shove this fucking dollar in between your thong and your butt cheek uh-huh. um you know like poor timmy's like what that's how you do it like you get to fondle her while you fucking tip her a dollar <laughs> like how come i can't just like take a couple quarters and throw them at you know my my hr lady and <laughs> a little at the same time. Work is work. Yeah. It just, it just blew my mind of the... Money ooh. doesn't fondle people. People fondle people. I don't want to call that grotesqueness, but it's just like, oh, well, if you tip me. I was like, oh, okay. I, I, as long as I'm tipping you, I can poke at your body parts? Yep. It was, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. I had a fun time fondling ladies <laughs> that's great i haven't been to one of those in a while i was actually thinking about it the other day i was riding my bike and i was like fuck it's the afternoon maybe i'll just pop in here but i didn't because i was like no nah, i'd rather do my oil change in my car <laughs> <laughs> it's cheaper <laughs> yeah it's cheaper it's a better cause not as fun. not as fun for sure. What about the starving stripper fun? Starving stripper? They're not starving. <clears throat> There's enough people like James going out there and stimulating their economy. Yeah. Well, we had to pay a $20 cover charge. God damn. For that place in the high desert? Yeah. Jeez. That was, that was the fun part. And there was only like four girls working. Maybe five. Really? Yeah. Uh, and I love their, their stripper names. Their stripper names are just... They're fucking awesome. Yeah, what was what was some of the stripper names? Uh, oh, the one who I kind of favored. Uh, her name was Precious. Uh huh. And she was a uh, Latina. Uh huh. She she looked like she could have been uh, a squad before she got pregnant. Oh okay. And uh, she was there all post, you know, post pregnancy. Yeah. And uh, no, there was Delilah. Tippy's not here. Go back with he went back there with the bartender. What? Yeah, and he had to pay an extra like fifty bucks because of with the bartender. Really? Yeah, that was unusual. And uh, for some reason, I can't remember any of the other uh, nice ladies' names. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, it was funny. It was, like I said, it was Wednesday night, fucking one one o'clock in the fucking morning, and um, it was just like, yeah, let's go. And I said, all right. I was still in my work clothes. I was like, let me put on a clean shirt at least. Yeah. I want to go in there smelling like truck. Yeah. And uh, we went in there and it was, uh, it was interesting. It smelled like a truck anyway. 
Yeah, like I said, it was, uh, it was a good time. Yeah. You have to go with us next time. Yeah, for sure, man. That's awesome. And we still got to go climbing together up there, too, at that gym. I'll do it all one day. Dude. That'd be insane. I'm down. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm pretty sure Timmy's not calling. Yeah, that's all right. He's, he went to the gym. He's probably fucking toasted, so... Yeah, but uh, I do got work in the morning, so I'm gonna have to call it uh, early, or almost at what one forty. Yeah, yeah, about an hour thirty six minutes right now. It's a good episode of some random nonsense. Yep, for sure. Back back in the saddle, buddy. Yeah, well, let's uh, keep it up again and start putting those videos out because yep. we said that small following. And who who'd you say was uh, following your band? Oh, dude. There's all kinds of people, man. All kinds of people are reaching out. So, yeah, uh, for the listeners who are interested in uh, my dark wave post-punk project with my friend, friends, it's called Perpetual Midnight, and uh, you can find us on Spotify. And we only have a few demo demo recordings up right now, but it's looking pretty good for us to soon be able to master all this stuff and start playing shows so i get to be a roadie oh yeah for sure man you could be a roadie you could be the marijuana tester you could there you go you could be uh you could be the deep voice singer guy too i mean we already have a deep voice singer guy but you can come out and tell all the goth ladies get ready <laughs> could i be a backup uh cuss word singer oh yeah for sure we'll put all the reverb and delay on you that you need Alright, I'm good at I'm good at yelling cuss words. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm gonna have to start practicing uh, yelling out some uh, real diabolical screaming cuss words, and then uh, random drivers are gonna think I'm yelling at them. And I'm like, no, no, no. Have a nice day. I'm practicing. Yeah. Have a night. This is my music. These are the songs of my people. That would be an interesting, uh, not necessarily a, a welfare check. You know when the cops come, you know, because someone called the cops on you? Yeah. It's called a welfare check, right? Yeah. Yeah, we heard screaming and yelling in here. Is there an argument? Sound like a woman was being murdered? <laughs> it was me singing. It was just me by myself. <laughs> you guys are welcome to listen. Guarantee there's no dead bodies in here. Yep. That's funny shit. All right, man. We'll call it a night. I'm going to finish recording my song. And uh, Perpetual Midnight and Legit Propaganda in cahoots. Fuck. All right. And James, James's cats. All right, buddy. Good night. All right. Take it easy. Later. Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. Um, there is an unlimited amount of shit to talk about in this life. And so... The podcast will continue. As far as the uh, short hiatus, the apparent hiatus to the listeners, uh, it was all my fault. Just been too busy to upload things and uh, just uh, was was not a priority for a little bit. But now the ball's rolling again, and I hope you enjoyed tonight's episode, even though Tim uh, didn't make it. But look forward to next week. There are a lot more 
things to poke fun at and a lot of things to analyze seriously. Though how seriously we analyze things on this podcast is, uh, well, that could be critiqued for sure. Anyway, this uh, ending song is called When I Grow Up. It's from Fever Ray. Uh, I believe she's the singer of the band The Knife. If you like their music, go check them out. They have pretty cool stuff. And hope you have a good rest of your week. See ya.